Man, welcome to Rappers on the Reservoir. Great to have you here. Chris, why don't you tell us about Rappers on the Reservoir and the offers they're, uh, they're giving out these days. Great wave pool. <laughs> Great wave ben, pool. Ben, can you sing us the jingle, the Rappers on the Reservoir? I was just trying to think about it. I mean, I can see all, I can definitely see the chicks in their swimsuits, but I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember the jingle. I don't know. It closed down before I was allowed to go. I think the commercial, you can actually find it on YouTube somewhere. Oh, man. Now I've got something to do this afternoon. (laughs) It's kind of a sad thing to drive by, and it's just a... An old parking Bear lot. Barren Wasteland. Yeah, so and uh, Waterland. What, was it Waterworld? Waterland. Waterland. Waterworld was a Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. They're both old and bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, Waterworld is... Uh, the amount of money that that guy's earned off that movie is very surprising. We're getting dangerously close to movie topic and podcast that Chase is always uh, trying to have on, on everything that he ever records. I could probably have the real version here because they actually could? care. They, yeah. And they have good taste in movies or do you, I don't know. Maybe we, so. should, we should we, loop back around to that. We should do an awesomely bad movie top three one day. Yeah. Then I can further, further accuse, I can further accuse uh, Chris of always quoting down Periscope, which has never actually happened. <laughs> it's it's I mean, another I've, guy. I mean, I've seen the movie. Another <laughs> guy that I'm friends with that's always <laughs> quoting it. So here's, uh, here's something we are actually supposed to talk about today oh, on our cool. fitness podcast. We're diving into the topic of mental toughness and mindset when it comes to having a fitness lifestyle this is a little bit of an interesting take because most people when they think about pursuing a healthy lifestyle what do you think about abs body that's right we we all think about the body it's the thing that drives us in there interestingly enough though we get in there and we start working on our body we realize very quickly and i know chris you probably have a lot to say about this we realize very quickly that it's just as much a mental game as it is a physical game so we're going to dig in today talk about the importance of it maybe how to win in that what it looks like to lose in that and i think probably what will come out through the course of this episode is at some point or another every crossfit athlete and most people that are involved at fitness at a high level are serious about it uh, actually win and lose this battle on a pretty regular basis so maybe you guys could uh, jump into the topic, whoever wants to start here and talk about, for you, do you see this as a pretty significant part of what goes down inside the fitness world? I think, uh, I think mindset and mental toughness is probably, if not the most important thing, it's one of the most important things to making progress. Um, if you don't have the correct mindset when you go into the gym, you're never going to make a whole lot of progress. But at the same time, it's something that nobody is born with. I think it's something that you have to work towards and you're constantly working towards daily. But, you know, I think today what we want to do is kind of dig into, like, what sets the successful people apart from the people who are not able to make their success. And that's I think, why I'm here, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's right. the role I'm playing over <laughs> the next right. few minutes. I think that, uh, you, know, you know, having the right mindset it can, can make or break you as far as achieving your goals in the gym and also outside the gym. Yeah, I know um, when, I think about, uh, when I think about mental toughness, one of the first things I think back to is uh, being, uh, being in high school and having, uh, you know, going to football practice, coaches telling, you know, you should, uh, you should never be satisfied and, uh, you know, um, uh, you can never work too hard and, and uh, this and that. And, you know, and I start thinking back on that. I'm like, you know, that really might not have been very, very great advice to never be satisfied. Do you think it's, uh, it could actually be true that a high school football coaches give bad advice? Is that 
Yeah, you know, from time to time, <laughs> it does. It, it accidentally happens from time. I mean, there's a lot of practices, a lot of games. You could get some bad advice, but that particular could, part of it, you can take. Especially if you, if it happens when you're younger, you can take that and way off in left field, and it can do bad things for you. Oh right yeah, if, if you just kind of if you pick that up and run with it without having it in the right context, you can definitely do a lot more harm than good. Yeah. Sure. So a lot of what you do is try to is corrective in nature. And I think this is something that just to make this topic more approachable for everyone. Uh, this isn't a conversation that should have a, a judgmental tone to it. What we're trying to do is just pass along some information so that when people hit this part of their game and their fitness journey, they understand here's what's going on. And I don't need to panic about this. There's a couple of things that I that I can do. We tend to separate ourselves out like well, I'm the only weak person here. We just want to get around this idea and say, look, Look, the mental game is so critical for what you're trying to do, and you want to make sure that you're just as focused on that mental game as you are on getting beach ready. Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we all have a uh, ongoing conversation in our heads all the time, and it's really easy to delve into negative thoughts. You know, the negative thoughts start creeping in, and it's really easy just to start you know, wallowing in that negativity. And it's a lot harder to force yourself to think positive thoughts. But, you know, everything that happens starts in your mind first. And so you're going to manifest whatever you're thinking. If you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to fail this. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fall off of, of I'm never consistent. So I'm not going to be able to stick to this, or this is going to be too hard, blah, blah, blah. Then yeah, it is going to be too hard. You're going to fall off. But if you go into it with a mindset of thinking, you know what, I'm I can do this. I can do this. If you keep telling yourself, then you will be able to do it. And it's and so everything, you know, that happens starts in your mind first and it all starts with are you thinking positively or are you thinking negatively? So I think if you can start being aware, I think the first step is just being aware of what you're thinking. I think people don't realize like you're thinking things constantly all day, every single day. At least I think most people are, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> he glanced over at Chris there. I mean, most of us, <laughs> but you know, there, there's always a, a running dialogue in your head and just being aware of what are you, what are you saying to yourself in your, in throughout the day? What are you saying to yourself when things get hard? What are you saying to yourself when you, it's time to do something? And being aware of that and and also being aware that hey what what goes through your head is not does not set in stone you can change it and it doesn't mean you have to live up to what your your mind's telling you you know you you don't have to follow through with what it's saying it's just it's just the thought you can change the thought the thought process in your head so Chris would you say and I agree 100% with what you're saying Hunter that and sometimes you're around people that actually let that what's going on mentally they let it out, especially if a mistake is made. They start talking about themselves in third person, and it's really negative language. Uh, but would you say, Chris, that you have kind of an up front? You got a front row seat to a lot of this because so much of that internal dialogue comes out, whether it is in speech or in action, when people are put under stress. And you see people under stress, uh, intentional stress that's healthy for you, uh, up close almost on a daily basis. So, do you see a lot of this? You see a lot of people that just have that dominantly negative mental game every single day and uh i think um a lot of it is almost a uh a defense mechanism for especially like you know in, in something with, with like group fitness where like we'll be doing crossfit where everything is everything is uh is measured and everything is timed um somebody will come in and uh you know say say something like oh uh, um 
didn't uh, didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I'm expecting a whole lot out of myself on this workout, or uh, had a had a cheeseburger for lunch, or whatever whatever the excuse may be. And um, um, and and the, they're do they're doing that just to kind of um, I'm trying to think of the the phrase to use here, like give themselves a buffer, you know, like as as if it matters to me what your score is as long as as long as you're giving a great effort i don't care what your score is well that's an interesting place i want to pause right there because i think from a client's perspective it's a little bit odd that that happens but it happens to all of us i think because a little bit of it is because we have such a high level of respect for the people that are coaching us and that goes across all forms of exercise specifically in our gym though you really get concerned like man this this person this coach has invested a lot in me and i'm showing up today and i'm going to let them down and then that's when you start rolling out those excuses and it usually does come down to sleep nutrition or fake injury (laughs) is usually what those are my go-tos you know um, I didn't get a lot of sleep or here's what I had for lunch or man I've got this nagging thing that it's really not bothering me that bad but I'm going to mention it today so that hopefully the expectations can be lowered and I will have that buffer but a lot of what works into it and it's interesting in that we're taking things that aren't even expectations from you guys as coaches you're not concerned about if we finish in the top five on the board you have different metrics that you have for us as athletes right yeah absolutely and um to me a mentally tough athlete is not the one that's going to put up the best scores every day to me a mentally tough athlete is somebody who uh who uh, is uh somebody that can accept the fact that uh they cannot control the outcome of uh of their efforts what they can control is their effort so I mean, you can't you can't go but you can't go back in time and make sure that you that you went to bed earlier the night before, or whatever the whatever the case may be. But what you can control when you come into the gym is your uh, your attitude and say like you know what I'm not feeling a hundred percent, but I'm gonna give a hundred percent of what I have of what I have, and uh, that to me is what uh, what mental toughness is is being um um being uh being content with the outcome but putting forth the effort to get better i agree with that 100 percent. i think <clears throat> focusing on the things you can control and letting go of the things you can't control yeah um i think that is a great definition of, of mental toughness because so many times we focus on the things we can't control what somebody else doing what happened to me last night you know what what happened to me at work today you know i got a lot of a lot of stuff going on this thing yeah. bothering me whatever in this moment you can't control that all you can control is your effort and the mentally tough people are the ones that come in and do the best that they can in that day and who cares what the score is you know one day you might have a good score one day you might have be farther down the leaderboard it doesn't matter all, you know at the end of the day all that matters is that you're coming in and giving your best effort and if you do that consistently over time you're going to get the results and those are the people that are the most successful in any 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 industry or any any avenue of life is they're the ones that are consistently showing up every day giving their best effort focusing on what they can control and not worrying about everything else you guys have hanging on the wall actually at our box no one cares what your score is but everyone cares if you cheat yeah 
is one is addressing the physical side, the other is addressing the mental, the mental side. side. Yeah. And, so and, and cheat, not necessarily cutting reps. Cheating can be cheating yourself, not giving not giving the best effort for yourself. You know, did you show up and go half hearted through that workout today? When it got hard, did you slow down? Did you give in to the to the voices in your head or did you just show up and give your best effort? And that's one thing that I I monitor every day at the end of the day on one of my checklists that I've talked about before. It's for my training, did I give 100% effort? That's the only thing. It's, well, one, did I do all my training? And then two, did I give my best effort? That's the only thing I can control. I can't control what numbers that I hit or, or how fast I did the workout, but I can control if I gave my best effort. And then if you do that, add that up over time, then that's what's going to give you the best results. Yeah. So what percentage of time, I'm sorry for interrupting, but Go what ahead. percentage of time would you say that you're hitting that 100% effort today these days uh i would say just about every time since i started tracking it and i started that because there would be days where i'd be like man the workout got hard and i just i slowed down you know i let it beat me mentally or i came in and i had a uh, negative mindset going into it because it's a movement that i'm poor at and but now it's you know when i it gets hard in the middle of the workout what i think to myself is don't be angry with yourself when the workout's over with for not giving all you had because there's there, the pain of knowing that you left some on the table is way worse than the temporary pain that you're in in the workout. And if you know, and everybody knows deep down, you know deep down that you slowed down when it hurt or if you pushed through and gave it all. But until you start being uh, introspective and thinking about, well, did I actually give my best effort, you're never going to be able to be on top of it. And it's going to take a little while. But now, just about every single day, you know, I would say that was the best I had, that best I had this day. Yeah, effort is is something that only you can uh, can quantitate. You know, you, that, that's something that only that only you can judge. Was that even a word? Quantitate? Oh, yeah. I, sure, sure. Yeah. I'm going to give you a pass. I make up words it, it all the time. Great. It sounded awesome. Yeah. Well, quantitative. Yeah, I think it's a word. Quanti? Yeah. Quanti? Quasi? Well, let's hang out here for a second. Yeah, why not? Why not? He was going to say something very smart, and we're just like, I'm not yeah. sure, man. Whatever. But um, if you're going to if you're going to judge your success in in a CrossFit or fitness by how many times you finish first on the board, then you're going to set yourself up for a lot of disappointment. Yeah, and that's this is a thing I think that we really need to call out in this conversation. It's it's uh, when your performance doesn't match your expectations. Many times you had incorrect expectations. What's fascinating in this conversation as we're talking about it though is even in times of physical stress and the type of exercise that we do requires a, a lot of muscle memory. It requires a lot of being actually present in what you're doing or it's going to go very poorly but still there's room in your mind to have these conversations exactly like what you're talking about and that was a very developed conversation that i can tell that hunter that you have a lot i have those same ones here's what comes into my mental game is weakness you're weak this is just showing how weak you really are whatever success you had yesterday was completely accidental give in to being weak no you know nobody's going to judge you for this and all sorts of history comes in to limiters that i've had in the past and those things will actually haunt you which makes it really really important in your mental game to not add more stuff in that file folder of things that you convince yourself you're just weak at this one particular thing it just works its way into your mental game it can actually you can 10 cup it Mm -hmm. it can come up over and over and over again yeah I think that uh, the moment that you realize that you are not defined by your thoughts, that you are not are your thoughts, your thoughts are just things, they're thoughts, 
that you realize, hey, I am not what I'm telling myself in my brain. And I can, if I don't like what I'm saying to myself, to myself, I can change the conversation and say something else. The moment you realize you have control over that and you are not what you think you are, then there's so much freedom because, yeah, you get in a workout and it starts hurting and you're going to, it happens to everybody. You're going to have start having doubts. You're going to have, start having, you know, these insecurities that your, your brain is going to pick at trying to get you to slow down because it's in a state of shock and it's, you know, it's scared or whatever. But you, if you can, can start realizing, Hey, I can control. First off, I don't, I am, I don't have to listen to what I'm telling myself. I can change that and I can do what I want to. And I can make myself think what I want to. It's so much freedom in that because you can control the conversation and you are not defined by what, what is running through your mind. For years, I dreaded inside of CrossFit when there were uh, 400 meter runs that were programmed. And I would actually say to the people in the class as we were doing the mobi- mobility work, on those 400 meters, you just have so much time to think. And uh, I realized just how weak my mental game was because once I got out of that, whatever whatever it was, where you just think about the kettlebell swings, you drop that and everything goes quiet. You actually get outside of the box. There's no music going. You're listening to your breathing. I mean, you have so much time to panic about particular things. So part of what I'm curious about, and I don't want to fast forward this in any way, but I'm just really eager to hear you guys have had so much practice in this type in this part of the game here how do you guys specifically win these battles as they show up do you have a game plan do you have something that you go to that you replace those thoughts with how does it work for you i don't know if um like yeah i I will i will have a i will have a game plan for uh for myself going into a workout for sure but at the um at the at the end of the day, you know whether or not the you stick to that plan. I mean, it's a uh, it's one thing to have it going in, but then once you actually get in the middle of a workout, sometimes it just becomes survival mode at that <laughs> right. point. You got hit in the face, right? But what uh, what I what I really try to do, and this is what I've done the last two uh, the last two opens, is um, uh, write down those uh, those uh, the four words from uh, from Romans that you told me about, Ben. The, yeah. Uh, suffering endurance character and hope is um to basically while i'm in that workout if i can have if i can maintain a more positive relationship with that suffering because i'm remembering that the suffering is going to lead to endurance and the endurance will lead to uh, better character on my part the better my character is the more hope i can bring to the world you get uh you get outside of your own suffering and you can um and uh, you realize that you know what you're what you're doing. Um, it uh, it's bigger. It's bigger than just you and this workout. Because I know that like if um if the people in the gym know that uh, know that I'm pushing and that I'm maintaining a positive attitude regardless of how uh, maybe uh, how poorly my performance is or or if I'm uh, if I'm hurting if I'm hurting really bad and I can walk away from it and still be smiling and still have a positive attitude, then, um, that can, uh, that can help somebody else with, uh, with their mental game too. There's a book called how bad do you want it by, I think his name's Matt Fitzgerald. And in the book he talks about, uh, he examines like high performing endurance runners and what, what characteristics they show. And he, he has a lot of case studies of people who like really talented and they just could never win the big race. And then, all of a sudden they made a mental breakthrough and they started winning. And a couple of takeaways I have from that one was uh, being prepared, knowing that this is going to hurt a lot. And 
I think we all know like the workouts that hurt the worst are the ones we underestimate. We think it's not going to be that bad, and then it just is way worse than we thought, and it just it's is awful. And for me, that was eighteen five. I'd done it five or six times, and I remembered it not being that bad the last time I did it, and I underestimated it, and it wiped me out. I almost threw up afterwards. I, it hurts so bad. We have video evidence for yeah. that, actually. And, yeah, <laughs> like an hour later, I still look drunk in the video. And so I redid it on Monday, and I came into it with the mindset, man, this is going to hurt, but I'm going to push through it. And it wasn't nearly as bad, and I did better. And so that just that's a goes to show you, I wasn't fitter two or three days later than I was yeah. before, but I had a different mindset going into it. So being prepared, phys- mentally preparing yourself for that moment um, and knowing that it's going to hurt – and preparing yourself for a lot of pain and it's not going to be as bad as you think another one is some of these guys they just finally got fed up and they said you know what enough is enough and I think we all have to have that moment in our mind you know what I'm tired of being mentally weak I'm tired of giving in to the workout I'm just not going to do it anymore and just draw a hard line and I was listening to a podcast with Jocko uh Willink the the Navy SEAL and love that guy yeah he's awesome man he has so much good stuff but somebody asked him you know Navy SEALs are arguably some of the most mentally tough people to make it through hell hell week and all that stuff and people he said people always ask him how do you how do you develop that mental toughness and he said you just be mentally tough that (laughs) I mean that's it but when you think about it it's true you decide you know what I'm just going to do it and you make up your mind to do it and you do it you know, it, it, there's no tricks or or any hacks or anything you can do. You just say, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I'm, when the workout gets hard, I'm not going to slow down. I'm going to keep and give them 100% effort. And you just do it. And I think in every area of life, you can just get fed up with a certain result over and over. And that was something in the book he talked about was these people who were so talented and they made it to whatever – the race they've been training for their whole lives and they just fall apart and it happens three four five times and then finally they just say you know what enough is enough i'll put way too much work into this i'm not going to fall apart anymore and then the next race they just dominate and then you know they have that mental breakthrough and they can they continue to have success after that so um you know it's it's one of those things where really it, it is as simple as saying you know what i'm going to do it but just sticking to what you tell yourself yeah when i watch that uh that uh that documentary on uh on bud school and uh, it was really awesome it was very raw and very uh very in-depth and you follow a lot of these guys and you realize like you uh you see the guys in the beginning when everybody's there you can recognize who's obviously the most physically gifted and a lot of them are not uh are not the ones that make it through and um Josh Bridges talked about his time in uh in bud school on a on a different podcast and he uh was saying uh, one of the, uh, one of the things that stood out to him the most was before before they went through Hell Week was one of the uh, uh, one of the chiefs came in to talk to him and told him that uh, the 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 phrase that really stuck out to him was lesser men than you have made it through this yeah so you know you can so that it is re- it really is having the strong mental game is the separator not necessarily physical skill I was going to reference that podcast too because Josh Bridges uh, was talking about that and they asked him like. You know, when you got in Hell Week, did you ever think about quitting? And you could tell, like, he he just kind of laughed. And he was like, no. Yeah. Like, no, it never crossed my mind because he knew in his mind that that's what he wanted. And there was no no amount of pain that he was not going to go through to get reach his goal. And I think, you know, if you know what your goal is and you have that in mind before you get started and you say, no matter what, this is what I'm going to do, I think once you finally – 
set your mind to do it, it just becomes so much easier to, to, cause you can go through anything. I mean, what, whatever you go through in the gym pales in comparison to what people have gone through in the past. You know, so oh, yeah. many people have gone through so much more than you have and come out on the other side. And so just going into it saying, I'm doing this because I have this goal and I want to get this, achieve this, and I'm going to do whatever it takes, period, you know. I find myself watching a lot of those uh, that military stuff for that very reason. One phrase that stuck out to me that I heard, I can't even remember where it was, but the guys just kept yelling. The guys that were in charge kept yelling over the, the men that were trying to make it through. Your mind will quit before your body does. Yeah. Uh, because guys were kind of convincing themselves that their body was shutting down, but it, it was just their mind that was shutting down. So let's just kind of dial this in a little bit to some stuff that we're borrowing from different areas of life and bringing into fitness. I think one thing that you guys have referenced, even if unintentionally, is that there needs to be someone outside of yourself that's guiding you through this process and that's telling you, this is what's going on. This is what you're experiencing. Everybody has to have that at the start. You don't just walk in to your fitness journey and have something light you up and think, oh, well, that's supposed to happen. I'll just push right on through. You got to have a guide, right? And that's that's the role that you guys play. But what frustrates uh, me in particular and watching people in a lot of different areas is when they refuse to go there, when they let fear stop them. They stop themselves as athletes from getting to the place where their mental game even really kicks in. They're just on autopilot because fear keeps them from going what we call it the pain cave or the tunnel, the dark place. Do you guys experience, I'm not talking, asking you to talk about specific clients here, obviously, but in your time in the fitness industry, have you seen guys that have just uh, men and women that have blocked their progress because fear stopped them? They weren't trusting you as a guide to walk through this part of what it means to really push yourself mentally. Yeah, most of them will not just come out and say, I'm scared of this workout or anything like that. Well, they'll say it without saying it. It goes back to what I said earlier. Usually the first thing they'll do is they'll make some kind of excuse about why their performance isn't going to be that good. That way they have a reason for uh, for underperforming or or whatever the case may be. The the mentally... uh, the mentally tough uh, people are the ones that uh, are the ones that come in and look at the board. And I I I, I lo- uh, haven't talked about this guy in a long time, but when uh, when we were at Mississippi CrossFit, we had a guy named Trey McSwain. I can talk about him because he's not a a client, current a cl- client, right? yeah, a current client. But he uh, this guy when he first uh, when he first started doing CrossFit weighed about three hundred and twenty pounds, close to it. When we got him down to I think about about two fifty somewhere in there, and he. Uh, he was a he was a bigger guy, couldn't run, uh, couldn't run very well, and he did the same thing every time he walked into the gym. He would walk in, he'd have his bag, he'd go up, look at the board, look at it, nod a little bit, and then go in the uh, then go in the bathroom and change, and that was it. Did the workout, did regardless of what it was, and um, you know that's uh, th- that's the, that's the kind of mentality where the, where I, I what I was talking about earlier, you know, knowing that you're just going to give your best effort and the results are going to fall wherever they do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we see it all the time, Ben. I mean, it's CrossFit's hard and it has a way of weeding out the, the people who aren't mentally tough and they'll come in and they'll, they'll 
you'll you'll see they'll they'll start just showing up for the stuff they're good at. They won't show up for the stuff they're bad at, and then after a while they just quit showing up completely. And then they'll say, uh, "CrossFit just didn't work for me." Blah blah blah. You know, they'll start bashing or whatever. <laughs> but and the, the the matter it didn't is work for your ego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The matter the fact of the matter is, first off, you weren't willing to push yourself. As soon as you get out of breath, you got scared. You know, you slowed down or whatever. Second of all, you weren't able to be consistent. But I think for some of our most mentally tough clients are some of the ones that are are putting up the, the lowest scores on the board every single day. Yeah. But they're showing up consistent, consistently no matter what the workout is. They're not cherry picking. They're saying, on these days I'm showing up and I'm going to do the workout no matter what, and they give their best effort. And, you know, whatever happens with their score, that's that doesn't really matter, but they're coming in and, and putting the work in. Um, but, you know, the thing about, you know, willpower – and stuff like that is that you know it's a it's a muscle you know the mind is a muscle that has to be exercised and the more you you exercise it the better you're going to get you know i don't think anybody just is born with this extra mental toughness to where they can endure more than most people i think some people are genetically more predisposed to it but it's still something that you have to work at and it's something that you're going to have to practice over and over and over again you know the first time you push through the pain and are able to continue to work hard even though it hurts you're like man that felt good and then the next time it's going to get a little bit easier and a little bit easier and then it adds up over time so it's something that you have to practice over and over again but it's going to you know manifest itself outside the gym as well and that's I think that in my opinion that might be the biggest benefit of CrossFit more than anything is the the mental um, mindset gains and the mental toughness that you develop that can translate over into life. So we all, we say often what's rewarded is repeated, you know, so you get into this, you feel incredibly successful when you can take a particular, cause it is about having a mindset and also mental toughness, which you, you take the proper mindset into a workout or into any stressful situation, you see that you survived. And in some places, I think in a lot of places, people are actually surprised by excelling. They do better than they think they're going to do. And then that pulls you back into it so if you can just go to this place i think develop a healthy mindset when you receive these stressors you surprise yourself with how well you do then those are the people that we say as as we call it inside cody those are the people that flip the switch i mean you literally see a switch flip as you were referencing it's not just for these ultra marathoners it can be for the people that go to the 330 class they flip a switch and all of a sudden you see hey they're getting depth on those wall balls or man they they tested well those burpees are actually doing this correctly because they're they're just not so timid if we can just put ourselves in a situation where we can actually be rewarded for being mentally tough and we don't even have time today to talk about the benefits outside of the gym this is really really what's been so important for me and I often think about this when I get in a stressful situation at work or a stressful situation with my family I think I've been here before I know what this feels like, and I know that I can handle it and actually do well. There's just this sense of calm and quiet that comes over you when you know how to engage this part of your of your brain, of your mentality. You guys, I know I've seen you experience this, especially inside of a workout at your level. When something doesn't go according to plan, you're able to put you flip that switch and you put something in there that allows you to press and, and finish usually as I'm watching you finish stronger than you start in those instances it's incredible the amount of power and control getting your mind around this part of your actual mind can give you wouldn't you guys agree no yeah I agree 100% um you know and mental toughness isn't just in the workout you know pushing through it's also what are you doing outside the gym to 
help you achieve your goals. If you set your goal to lose 20 pounds, well, are you mentally tough on Saturday night when you really want to have a cheat meal and eat, eat a whole pizza? Are you, know, are you, are you willing to, to do the things that you need to, that you know you need to do to get where you want to be? And I posted this quote on the Coyote page not, not too long ago, but it's, for every disciplined action, there is a multiple reward by Jim Rohn. And, I mean, that's, that's so, so true. If you have the discipline to do what you need to do that you know you need to do, you will be rewarded in multiple. And so it's just developing those, that, that habit of doing what, what you need to do over and over and over again to be able to get you where you want to be. And I think that's what mental toughness really is, is knowing – this is my goal. This is where I want to be. This is what I need to do it. I'm going to do it, you know, and just saying I'm doing it no matter what I'm going to do it. And I think, I think, you know, that has nothing to do with where you place in the workout where, you know, where you finish in, in whatever avenue of life you're in. It's more about, are you willing to put the work in every single day? Yeah, I think uh, this is going to sound and take a little bit for me to get around to the actual point. But for me, the mental game, you can actually lose that if you're talking to yourself in the moment. I love what you're bringing out, Hunter, is that so much of it is is before and exercising this muscle and other things that you have a little bit of difficulty dealing with. But I often think on my drive, and we've referenced in other uh, podcasts, how the drive can be so critical. Uh, if I'm handling work stuff on the way to the box, and then I, you know, it just it's different when you clear your headspace before you get there and provide a little bit of calm on that 10, 15 minute drive. But what I do is think, uh, what would the me before I started CrossFit say to me today? Not the one that is driving right now that is worried about these wall balls or is worried about uh, if I'm going to be able to hit power position today. All the things that I know about now that I can judge myself on. But if I could roll back three and a half, four years, what would that guy be saying if he was in the passenger seat? Like, holy cow, I can't believe you're still doing this. Yeah. A lot of positive stuff works into your mental game that yeah. way. That's awesome, man. Go back to why you started in the first place. You know, get away from getting caught up in the moment of the competition, all that stuff, and remember why you started and what you want to get out of it and how far you have come. I think it's so easy for us to look at how far we have to go instead of looking back at how far we've come. And we just we always talk so negatively to ourselves. Um, it, no, I've heard, I heard somebody say something one time. They said, if you talk to, your, if you talk to other people like you talk to yourself, what would they say to you? Or, would you have any friends? Yeah, you wouldn't have, yeah, probably not. You know, you know, we just beat ourselves up so much in, instead of looking. Wow, look at all I've accomplished so far. I've come a long way. Um, I still got a long way to go, but you know, celebrate the the work you've put in um, to get to where you are. I know. Uh, I, I'll see this a lot, especially like if we're doing something like a for building up to like a like a three rep max on some movement or whatever it happens to be, and I'll have. Uh, you know, usually two uh, two kinds of people. One of them will, uh, uh, like, it'll come up. I'll be like, okay, what'd you get? And they'll tell me, and I'll, I'll be like, that's a PR, and it's like, only five pounds. I've got those kind of people, and then I've got the people that hit a five-pound PR, and they are dancing up and down the floor. <laughs> and, um, I mean... You have to you have to celebrate every yeah. win, no matter how big or small it is. It, it makes me mad when people say, oh, I got a 10 pound PR, but so-and-so got a 20. It's like, it doesn't matter what what? they got. You just, you're better than you were before. That is awesome. You put the work in and you are being rewarded for it. Celebrate that. Realize how hard it is to do that. You are better than you used to be. That is awesome. Don't worry about what other people have. Um, One other thing I wanted to talk about, about mental toughness. And, 
you know, people will look at these people, these games athletes or whatever, these high performance and say, man, they are just so much more mentally tough than me. But I think one thing that you can do is develop a ha- the habits because we all know we all have habits. When you, once you develop a habit, you don't think about it anymore. You just do it. You know, if you show up to class Monday, Tuesday, Thursday for two months, all of a sudden it's not even going to be hard to show up to class. You just do it. And if you if you don't do it, you're going to feel bad about it. And so the, I think the trick to a lot of this mental toughness thing is just doing it enough, enough to where it becomes a habit that you don't think about it. And, you know, developing a habit is always hard. Like I, I talked about before, I wanted to start waking up earlier so that I could get more done in the morning before I went to the gym. And, yeah, it was hard at first because I was used to sleeping to a different point. But now that I've developed the habit, it's easy. I actually wake up before my alarm a lot of days, and I'm up and ready to go. And I'm able to get a lot more done. But, you know, the, the time to develop the habit is hard. But after, you know, three, four, five weeks or however long it takes, you've developed that habit, and it's easy. And then you see that in the gym. You see the same people. You know, if it's Monday, they're going to be there. If it's Tuesday, they're going to be there. If it's whatever, Thursday, Friday, they're going to be there. And it's not even a question, and it's not hard. It's harder not to go to the gym. So I would encourage you, if you struggle in any avenue of being mentally tough and having consistency, put the time in to develop the habit of whatever you want to do, of the things you know you need to do to get there. And after three, four, five weeks, it's going to be a habit. And it's going to be easy. And you won't, it won't take any mental, mental energy to be able to do it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think for me, what was completely surprising uh, was when I started getting involved with CrossFit, I had really overestimated my mental game. So being in there over time, I went initially through that first phase that I think we all go through. And that's just a little bit of shock at how underdeveloped this part of, of your life is. But then when you start to build that muscle, that mental muscle over time, you really, really turn into a different person in, in all aspects of your life. One thing I want to do, just kind of wrapping us up right now, is just put a strong word of caution out there for our listeners and that we've discussed basically three poisons for your mental game that are that are prevalent in everybody's life the first is fear it just keeps us from going to that place the second one which is a little bit easier to give into is comparison you just you compare yourself to who you used to be uh, before you got out of the fitness world and you're trying to jump back in Uh, it's just so easy to do that or you compare yourself to the person to your left or to your right and as hunter have you pointed out so many times in this episode there's so many different variables going on with that person that going on with you and the last we referenced just looping back to the start is that negativity piece that is just so easy to give into that negativity so all of us find ourselves in this place at one point or another we're having to fight these things and uh, usually they come back they once you uh, make them go away they come back in we've discussed a little bit of strategies about how to how to win in that battle you have any final words here just for the mindset or mental toughness i would just encourage people to be mindful of thoughts that you have and realize that you can control them and you can change uh, the conversation that you have going on in your head and you don't have to be negative all the time you know you can be positive and being positive is going to lead you take you so much farther than being negative is going to being negative if you if you think something bad's going to happen it's going to happen if you think something good's going to happen it's going to happen that's just how it works and so i encourage you to be positive think positive and control um, thoughts in your head, you know, it's going to be a struggle. You know, obviously it's, it's going to be a struggle daily for, for anybody, but 
if you can really start being mindful of what your thoughts are and, and realizing you're not defined by what you think and you can control them, I think you will, it will take you a long way. Great, great words there. Thanks for that. And I think it's something I'm actually going to implement today as I head into the box to face something I, I already am struggling thinking about with those wall balls. So now we make the transition into our favorite part of the episode. And Chase, I'm going to throw this to you. We're trying to figure out exactly how we're going to get into our outside the box. And I think the uh, my falsetto may be falling short. How would you get us to outside the box? <clears throat> outside the box. It's very underwhelming. Outside the box. Oh, yes. That was Hunter. He's even better. See, the best thing is that Hunter was the OG, so I don't know why he doesn't do it every single because week. Because Ben true. just says it before I can ever say <laughs> That's it. That's true. Just Imagine like, that Ben just hijacks it. <laughs> Imagine that. So here's what we're going to speak of hijacking. We're going to talk about travel now. So, uh, oh, whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Grim. Well, we also uh, we lost somebody, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Tragically. Unfortunately, Chris Allen is no longer with us because he's uh, actually, according to his time blocking and his time management. <laughs> yeah, he's it is not, it's not Kalo's fault at all. <laughs> not at all. We had to get to the uh, the box today to go to the new class, which is pretty cool. The new class is pretty thankfully, close to that Thankfully, he wrote his list down before he left so that uh, Ben will be able to read it. Oh, he's course. very yeah. excited about this list too. Yeah. I think he put a lot of thought into it, and it, it's yeah, really I, he was very vulnerable. So we're yeah, excited to yeah. share it with what, you guys. Yeah, what's crazy is like before he left, he like handed us this sealed envelope. Yeah. So we have no idea what his answers were, but they just give me a second. All right, so open this envelope and uh, see what's in here. So we're gonna start. You want to start with Chris's number three? Yeah. The important thing to point out is that his exact words were, "I haven't put this much thought into anything since I birthed my child." Did Did we say no. what we're doing yet? Yeah, no, we're yeah we're gonna get to him in just a second. But okay. I'm just saying, should we start with Chris because? But what is? Yeah, sure. What's the list? Okay, yeah, so this is um, like top three dream destinations okay. to visit. Yeah, yeah, top to, to place to visit. You don't necessarily have to love it so much. You want to live there, yeah. but just to stop by there, like big life goals. We're thinking more like the, along the bucket list sort of thing, right? Uh, not just well, I'd like to visit this restaurant because yeah, like I hear yeah, they have the a great end stay. All yeah, this is yeah, yeah. Deal. Take take money, all that stuff out of it. Just where 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 in the world would you want to go? Yeah, so we're where we're gonna in the world. Would you want to go? Yeah, where, wherever Carmen, Carmen San Diego. Diego. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, it, that didn't come up on the game show episode. What, what's that all about? Oh, we need to reshoot that one. <laughs> I need to amend my list. Yeah. All right, so we're going to lead out with uh, Chris Allen's number three. Ready? Drum yeah. roll, please. <laughs> I don't know what that sound is. Uh, okay. Rapids on the Reservoir. All right. Ooh. It's going to need a time machine to get there. <laughs> First thing you're going to need is a is a backhoe yeah. to get all the dirt out of the wave pool. And a handful of ex- exquisitely rich backers to resurrect that just pure wasteland over there. It was, I guess maybe it was like the most important thing in that particular community in Mississippi for a while. I don't know what the re- – let's maybe – think about what the reasons are that chris would want to go see back i don't know because to- like I, it closed down before i was allowed to go so i don't understand the mystique about it but it's definitely there yeah. at least chris is making it very apparent that it's missed i'm gonna i'm gonna venture a guess that that was like his first kiss was at rapids on the reservoir mm. i think uh, i think he had a crush on one of the lifeguards or something yeah he maybe. said he spent an unhealthy like amount a of time there yeah Wendy oh yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. wave pool he pretended like he was drowning <laughs> <laughs> I knew it the whole time. So yeah. if you don't know what it is, just go on YouTube, type in Rapids on the Reservoir, and check out the uh, the, 
the couple of commercials that they have on there. I mean, it's a dream dream place. Yeah. I would never want to revisit a water park because of a wedgie incident that happened on one of those really fast slides <laughs> that almost required surgery. But hey, I mean, if Chris wants to go back to you know a water park in Nowheresville, Mississippi, it's his number three. I can't wait to see what the others will be. So let's follow that with Hunter's number three because those are probably very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so my my number. There's a. I have a list of a lot of places I want to go to. Um, my number three. Uh, you know, basically, I mean, I want to go to uh, Western Europe a lot. I lived. In, I don't know if you guys know, but I lived in Prague for a summer when I was a kid. Didn't know that. Um, what? It was, totally unaware. It was Czechoslovakia at that time. It's now the Czech Republic. I really want to go back there because I can kind of. I think I was six. I can kind of remember a lot of things, but I want to go back and see it. But we went all around, you know, Switzerland, Germany, a lot of places over there. So I would love to go that there. But in in Europe, my my most wanted to go to place is Spain. I think Spain is you know one of the most beautiful places in the world great people lots of history i'm you know i'm a big history uh sucker i love learning about history and there's a lot of history in spain i mean really in europe all of europe but i spain would be my number one in europe and then just any anywhere else in that vicinity that makes sense i can see that kind of fits your personality i'm very similar with my number three is uh actually germany because i've spent so much time reading about because you know there's just a lot of crossover there actually with the entire world but particularly the 40s in america and i would just like to see some of that stuff firsthand and um, really get my mind around all the stuff i've been reading about my entire life what those places actually look like would be cool i've actually been on the autobahn when we were there and you know everybody talks about the autobahn there's no speed limit or whatever but there's like a huge wreck and we literally did not move for like four or five hours like we were getting out of the car and i, I just remember my dad being like autobahn more like auto bust <laughs> you know my dad you can imagine him saying something like that <laughs> that would be worth that traffic stop right there i bet that probably happens pretty frequently in the autobahn wreck on the autobahn i mean that's like how it works right there's no rules so yeah yeah. So you're either going to going to get there very quickly or not at all. <laughs> Those are your all right. options. <laughs> Multiple choice, A or B. All right, so you're number three. Yeah, my number three, uh, mine are so closely contested too. Like my top three are like, they could all just be tied number ones. Are any of them water parks? Unfortunately, not. there's surely there's one somewhere there, so I'm not missing out. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it. So it, I could take Chris with me. I think it'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to have to be all of New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I can't pick one place in New Zealand, mainly because it's all kind of the same thing, but there's also a lot going on. And like if if you're going to New Zealand, it's all, it's small enough that you might as well just stay there a month and cover all of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't know if you know the what it, you know is so awesome about New Zealand but there's like rolling green hills that are like like just go watch Lord of the Rings and yeah. then you'll understand why it's so awesome I mean it, it, it it's supposed to be one of the most beautiful places in the world for sure yeah yeah actually there's a that is a big destination for a lot of people yeah to travel. I think for good reason yeah yeah all right so we get a uh, great that's good for you so we got to get to Chris's uh number <laughs> two um I don't know he didn't actually uh, list a place so I think it's just this attraction uh, an, an in idea the, yeah yeah i don't know that maybe he doesn't know where it is oh. uh so maybe we could help fill him in because if he's buying a ticket you can't buy a ticket to the loch ness monster but that's his number two it's just no fine loch ness monster. <laughs> no. it's just loch ness monster. i think i think he he's told me before that he, he he knows the loch ness monster is real and that one day he is going to find it 
You know, I've, I feel like you're letting some information out that most people don't know, but I could see that Chris is like this huge conspiracy theorist guy that he probably believes that the Loch Ness is actually detained and they let him out every couple of years. Yeah. And he's, I wonder if he's got it timed, like this is something that's going to happen in, in just a few years and he wants to be there for it, maybe take Kennedy to see it, that kind of stuff. He's, I think he has like a whole wall set up in his garage of like Loch, Loch Ness monster sightings and dates and, and maps and, and like the yarn guy, he's got like the yeah, yarn guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, whoa. I never knew this about this man. That yeah. just changes my whole perspective on him as a coach. There's a completely different side to this guy. Yeah. Do you, the mad genius. So do, we, <laughs> do you think he's like maybe training for that? Like that's why he's so intense. Is oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, is he, he's training an army right now. <laughs> that's what the box is all about at Coyote. He's yeah. recruiting members to go in search of this monster yeah. with him. Yeah. It's, it, it just makes sense why he's kind of so mysterious about where he's been. It's like, hey, man, how's your week going? He's like, oh, pretty good. And that's all he ever gives you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where he lives. He's Do got you, an underground. Have you ever driven to his house, Hunter, or yep. you just have been to the house? Uh, I've never been to his new house. been wow. to his old house. Oh, so now we have, he wants to see the Loch Ness Monster, and he's got a, he had a sudden shift in residence, Yeah, and none of us have been there. He got a haircut recently and stopped wearing his glasses. Hmm. I think we're on to something here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's get out of there before we just dig too far. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm starting to kind of go, where's the Loch Ness Monster's in Scotland, right? Yeah. Yeah? In Loch Ness. I I looked it up. In Loch Ness. Yes. Loch Ness. Oh, so you know what else? Like the fact that he wrote this, he's writing it like he's very like everyone would be as familiar with its location as he is, because he's just taking the deep dive on the Loch Ness monster. He's deranged. We, yeah, we had to Google it. It's like a beautiful mind. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. Weird. Just kind of creeping me out. I think we should move on. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this is be this would be your number two, right? Yeah. Hunter? So my number two, uh, Australia, kind of in the same vein as New Zealand. And if I if you're going to that side of the world, might as well, just might as well go to New over to Yeah, them. yeah, it's going over there too. But Australia has always been up there. It's just seems like an awesome place. Um, beautiful, lots of stuff to do. Um, just great climate, uh, great people. So yeah, Australia definitely up there. Uh, number two. For me, this is an easy one. My my parents have been, but I haven't. But we're planning on in the next three years making a jump over there. I want to go to Ireland. Uh, we've got a little bit of that part of the world in our family tree supposedly i don't know if those things are accurate but uh, there's some sort of affinity for that country inside of my family but the big thing is the peterson pipe factory is in ireland and those are my favorite type of pipes and i would just love to be able to tour that and see how those things are made would be awesome i sold a lot of peterson pipes back in my day (laughs) i bet you did where My grandmother owned a tobacco store called the Country Squire, and I, like I worked there for about 10 years. The ultimate twist of irony. I know. Yeah, the, the guy who was fitness leading the guru. charge for fitness <laughs> in Madison, Mississippi, got his start at a tobacconist. I've mixed up a lot of pounds of tobacco, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Shout yeah. out to John David over there. He's doing a great job. Yeah, man, he's doing a great job with that business. A good friend of ours, actually, a lot of ours here locally. So you could check them out. Uh, web, they just redid their website about a year ago. You can buy all their content there uh, from the website. So they also have the number plug. Yeah, they also have the number one podcast in the world for uh, pipe tobacco. Yeah, what it just nuts. By the way, number yeah. one, it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, Especially when you meet John David, like he, you're the famous one. He told yeah. me he went to uh, some show and people were asking him for autographs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> people come from around the world to visit the Country Squire. Yeah. yeah, he's an extremely unassuming guy. So mm-hmm. maybe actually uh, from the profits that he gets off us actually marketing for him, he. Could help fund my trip to Ireland. 
That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think I think he uh, he could probably do that. All right. So, what's your uh, next destination, Chase? Mine is uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting one because it's an easy one to pull off. But so I, it's probably the more likely one to happen. But it's Portland, Oregon. I really, really want to go to Portland. I haven't been able to go yet. I've been to Oregon, but I've only been to the uh, the Southwest Coast, unfortunately. But everything I hear about Portland is just like, I love coffee. I love interesting cities uh, that aren't smuggy and heavily polluted to the point where it's annoying and all that. Uh, smuggy or smoggy? Smoggy. smoggy. Well, the people are <laughs> smuggy because it's smoggy. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saving it real quick. Yeah, yeah I just want to just go to that both words together. Yes. That's how you do that. Yeah, and there's a lot of great food there from what I understand, which if you're not traveling for the food, what are you really doing? That's just kind of my life motto. So yeah, Portland, Oregon is my second. I mean this as a high compliment. Hmm. So take it that way. I think out of all the people that I know in Mississippi, if there's any person that could blend in there, it would be you. I think you do a good job with that. Hmm. Not just because Hmm. of your fashion. I just think like your general attitude towards life, you would be, you know, you'd fit right in, you know, I'm very skeptical. I feel like that's make Portland great again. Do you watch the show Portlandia? (laughs) No, but I know I have to, because I've been told it literally over the past two weeks, I've had like four different people tell me I have to watch it. Yeah. I've seen a few episodes. It's uh, it's quirky. Yeah, that's what Fred Armisen, he'll do that. Okay, so we go to uh, Chris's number one? Yes. Yes, yes. We're all the way to number one? Wow. Okay, wow. Here's this is another one that, it, I mean, if I didn't know the rest of the list, it wouldn't be quite so surprising, but this kind of follows suit. I would see this as being the number one, Graceland. Like like Elvis's house, Graceland? I think that's the only one, right? Well, I'm, I want to make sure we're getting this correct. Wow. Yeah, so... Walking in Memphis, you know, I do that is on his wide playlist. Walking in Memphis, the it Marcus. is, it's yeah. true. So, wow. all right, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I don't know that he's going to be really happy with me for letting this information out, but Chris Allen is a huge Elvis Presley fan. Yeah, I was trying to like stifle it right there. Yeah, I mean, it's like this pact that we have in our friendship that we wouldn't go public with that. But yeah. look, we're trying to get this podcast to be truthful, it's true, honest, just to push the envelope and yep. being vulnerable in public. And I don't know. We'll just we'll handle it with Chris later. I don't know to let him know that we said this, but this guy, I think he's got the entire Elvis collection, a couple of those Time Life things. All on vinyl. This. Like he's got literally every album he ever put out and singles all on vinyl. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, he's got that high leap bag that he brings his stuff. I have seen like a little bit of the sequence stuff poking out accidentally. I don't know if he goes and does a little bit of the Elvis stuff afterwards or why he has to be so prepared, but. It's it's a little nuts. Have you have you noticed any of this working with him as long as you have Hunter? He does put some Elvis on when there's somebody else in the gym and he's uh he thinks he's in there by himself, but I'm in my office, so I can kind of I can still hear the music and uh, I hear a little Elvis. He also uh, we also have an Elvis impersonator. I think he might have you know had him do some performances for him. Oh my gosh, that's true. There's a guy that's at the box that it, he actually does that. Wow. You, if, yeah, he Are actually. You, and nobody's ever asked, like, how did he find out about Coyote? <laughs> oh, oh, man. So first lock, did we dig into the first thing at all? Because this is, like, heavy conspiracy related, apparently, with what Chris is going on in his life. Yeah, I think that's why That's why I said it makes sense, because you get to number one, there's this whole conspiracy, like, well, Elvis is still alive, I right? Think, I wow. think I have heard him say before that he doesn't think Elvis is dead. He don't think Elvis is dead. That's crazy. 
this thing's about Chris Allen that people don't know. He's just this unassuming guy, does the sure. programming, you know, he's very much for people. But I now I'm figuring out it may be that he just sees that we're kind of the unaware segment of society. He knows about all this stuff and he's outcultured us. He's moved on. He's yeah. he's he's more woke. It's confusing to me say. though that he would let these things out. Like I could tell he was trying to fake it with rapids and then he just lost all control making this list. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to act human first. Yeah, it's like then uh, rapids and then and then he just takes the deep dive, right? <laughs> so that's his number one. Here's what I'd like to do though. Maybe we could start uh, you know, the GoFundMe or a collection jar right there at the front desk, because it's very possible to get Chris Allen to Graceland. There is plenty of space on the below the tv where he has a wad pulled up to have a mason jar or something yeah i think we should do that i mean rarely we should give back chris allen does so much for us true we should give back and i think maybe at christmas time just to get this guy a couple of pieces of Elvis paraphernalia maybe a shirt that he could coach in mm. uh, maybe we could have add a little bling to it and some chest hair or something i don't know <laughs> But we should we should give back to this guy. I'm just making the call out to our, our listening audience that we should really probably we should really prop up this thing that Chris enjoys so much in, in Elvis Presley. If everyone that's listening to this podcast right now gave five dollars towards this, we could get him to Canton. We would cure <laughs> <laughs> Chris Allen's lack of Elvis. Yeah. All right. That's my personal mission. Hunter, do we have your uh, approval for this mission? Hey, let's go for it, man. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, that covers Chris's list. I'm I'm sorry that he wasn't here. As intriguing as that list was, I, I wish he could have talked about it. That was it very some. bold, honestly. He let a lot of stuff out that I didn't expect him to. Well, maybe we'll re- revisit it next episode when he's sitting here with us. That, that, I could promise that'll happen. Yeah. All right. So my number one actually is a very specific. Why? Hello. Oh, yeah. Let's you know, skip Hunter. What is Hunter? Hi, hijacking the thing again. <laughs> ben, I'm excited ben, ben. about I'm actually excited about my number one because in these lists, we all know that I'm the weakest link. But this Goodbye. one's a good one. Right, but I'll save it. All right. <laughs> so, so, so let's go to Hunter for his number one. Uh, so I've always been really drawn to the Mediterranean area of the world. Uh, I'm just fascinated by the history. Uh, it, I mean, it goes back thousands and thousands of years. Um Italy used to be my number one. I got to go there a few years ago, and it was it was amazing. Rome was the place I wanted to go to more than anywhere, and I got to see it, and really, it was it was awesome, awesome trip. Highly recommend going there. But in that same line, my number one is Greece. Uh, Greece is just has so much history. Um, it's beautiful. There's islands all over the place. I would love to go to Greece and spend a lot of time there. Um, I think they have like Mediterranean cruises where you can go to different islands and stuff like that. So Greece is definitely, definitely my number one. It's a strong number one. You know, this is unbelievable. I have to just stop and be very dramatic about this. Well, you be dramatic. Yeah, go figure. Interrupting and being dramatic all in the same podcast. You heard it here first. So I did hear you say something that changes my list. The places that you want to go you can't actually have been there already or you just have a new one because you're you yeah okay. yeah you just I, replaced I had it. a new one yeah i was going i'm i was saying places that i haven't been before but okay yeah, if you've been there i mean if you want to i'd say go for it yeah so my top place is actually thessaloniki greece is I my top place chris uh, chris that's what it was, but now, currently, if you were to look it up, it would be Thessaloniki, Greece. It's okay. The, it's the actual location. So it's right there on the coast. Beautiful town. Chase has heard this speech at least 50 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they stop at a certain point in the afternoon. All the business is empty. They have tea or coffee sitting right there on the water. The people are so friendly. I mean, I thought the people in the southern United States 
uh, were hospitable. We got nothing on the Greeks, man. These people are just so welcoming, so embracing. I was there right before the Olympics, which was also a cool time because the whole country was kind of preparing for guests to be in their country. Uh, so I'd like to go. The reason I'd like to go back is that I wasn't with my wife at the time. We were married, but I, I took a trip for school, and I was like, man, this is the literally the most beautiful place on planet earth i have ever visited and I, i'd like to go back uh, the problem is the flight is it's pretty long it yeah. takes a while to get there yeah where else in uh greece did you go oh man all over the place i mean obviously athens but we were we were traveling all these as uh, kind of a gooby reason we were traveling all these ancient cities mm-hmm. and visiting places that were actually not current cities so i was in turkey for a while we were in greece oh, for a while i really want to go to turkey i want to go to istanbul yeah, uh, Istanbul is. We I was there. Did you go? It's an oh, intense man. city, man. Con- Constantinople was like the the center of the world for thousands of years. Like it was the new Rome for a long period of time. So yeah, we we were driving through Istanbul, and I was I realized I was way out of my league when a guy a motorcycle cut cut us off, and traffic stopped, and the guy that was driving the van that we were in got out, and they literally almost got in a fist fight over this traffic. They're just. <laughs> They were really militant about their traffic over there, and I think generally just have a militant disposition. But, yeah, it was just it was a cool trip. But that one spot, Thessaloniki, Athens was awesome. I mean, there's a lot of history there. You would enjoy that. But Thessaloniki is just outside. It's outside of kind of the city, but you still get a city feel. Great tzatziki sauce there. I, lo- I love the, the Mediterranean way of life. They're just so laid back. Like, they're not in a hurry like we are around here. And they go, they sit down, they eat for hours. They sit outside. They, they drink their espresso they drink their wine at night they they you know they don't take take things too serious you know they're they're laid back and having a good time and the weather's beautiful you know everything is beautiful out there so i love that area of the world and and just the way they way they do things all right road trip Ben Derek Connor Owen. I'm saying let's open a new box. Greece. <laughs> Freaking Greece. Go to Greece. Oh man. I'll intern. I that's thought a, about that when name. I was in Venice. I was, Venice is probably the favorite place, my favorite place I've ever been. My favorite city. It was unbelievable. But I thought about man, it would be cool to have a CrossFit gym here because I don't even think there is one. Uh, obstacle or opportunity? That's right. I think that's that's what you see it as. Well said. So do you have you have a number one? I do. Yeah, and it actually I have a recommend today too. By the way. All right. I know it tie, they tie together. Must be serious. But I won't ruin the recommend. But my number one place as of late, and it's just recently established itself, is uh, Morocco. I don't know if you've uh, looked up, I think it's Tangier, that's how you're supposed to say it. Uh, but it's just, it's this blending of African culture and European culture that, like, has not happened anywhere else. It's very interesting. All these, like, uh, it used to be a British settlement way back when. And they got uh, they got independence at some point, but there's a lot of leftover uh, European uh, stylization culture left over, uh, and a lot of like uh, a lot of rich Europeans will move there and just say they're like uh, who's the author, uh, thing, famous author, uh, Winston Churchill. No. <laughs> Not a politician. Uh, uh, old old time? Yeah. Ernest Hemingway? Yes. Yeah. He spent a lot of time there. I yeah. don't know why I could not think of his name. But people like that would spend a lot of time there, and they've just like driven this style of culture into this city, and it's embraced it and like made it and perfected it. It's a similar vibe like to what you're saying with Grease Hunter. It's a very, very laid-back uh, city. If you have the money to do it, you can also settle there and still enjoy it. 
So I don't I don't think I would live there. It'd be more of a visiting thing. Is that where he was hanging out with Fitzgerald and all those writers were in this That's one? Literally, yeah. where all of them went. Ah, you know? it's okay. crazy. Makes yeah. sense. A lot I've of them, heard about this place. Would stay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that's my number one. Number one, fascinating yeah. places. Look, look at how cultured we are, gentlemen. I, know, man. I think if you just go around like the Mediterranean, like you, yeah. you'll you you will not be disappointed anywhere you get in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. All right, so we transition into uh, man. The rest of my day is going to be so disappointing. <laughs> thinking about the top three places I'd rather be <laughs> than where I am. Madison, Mississippi. Yeah. So we close out our episode today as we always do with our segment, the weekly recommends. And you say that you have a recommend. And I actually have a recommend. Wow, is wow. it all three of us? All three, three of us three. have a recommend. Dang. So what we'll do um, at great risk to our recommendations, we'll start with Hunter. To okay. get that out there, it's probably going to be something really intelligent that you have to read, but we're all ready for that. Mine's, right? a, mine's a fun one anyway. It's okay. okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, I actually have an app to recommend this time. Oh, wow. what? You, you millennial. Just you just you <laughs> freaking millennial. <laughs> Sell out. <laughs> Sell out, man. No, uh, there's an app called The Sleep Cycle. I actually was listening to a podcast and a guy was talking about it. Have you guys heard of that app before? You like podcasts? Yeah. No, I, I actually wow. haven't. I'm not saying that I'm up on every app, but. I have heard of most of them. I, I think heard I've heard. I've one. heard of Slip Slip Cycle, Sleep Cycle. So it's a free app. They have a pro, uh, advanced, whatever that you can pay for. But I, don't, I just do the free part. And so basically, what you do is you you turn it on and you put it uh, face down by your bed, and it uses sound analysis to identify your sleep states by tracking the movements in bed. So I don't I don't know all the science about how it works, but so and you also you set a time within 30 minutes that you want to wake up and it'll it'll track your sleep and when you're at your lightest sleep it'll wake you up but it'll wake you up by like it'll be a light sound that slowly gets louder and louder and ever since I've started doing it it's so much easier to wake up because it's not this just blaring alarm at this certain time like I'm you know I set it within 30 minutes and I wake up at you know 10 minutes earlier one day 10 minutes later the next day just depending on my how where how deep of sleep I am and I'm always awake when I wake up and then you can analyze your sleep and it shows you a graph of what your sleep looks like and when you're awake and then it goes to deep sleep and sleep and it shows like the cycles of sleep and you can kind of track it and then after five days of doing it it starts telling you you're calculating your sleep quality and it'll tell you like from zero to 100 percent what kind of quality of sleep you had and like i got uh the stomach bug for one day a few uh two or three weeks ago and that night i did not sleep well and it was like 57 percent. and i was like well that that's crazy that it, it picked up on that but then I can wake up and I'll feel great the whole day and I can look back and I'd had 100% sleep quality that night or some days I won't feel feel as good and I had like, you know, 75% sleep quality. So it's something really cool. But my favorite part of it is the way it wakes you up because it I've, I'm feeling so much more awake when I wake up now. So I, I give it a shot, sleep cycle app. You know what that sounds like to me? Just another creative way for Google to listen to you. <laughs> In your own home. Yeah, that's probably. A, speaking of conspiracy theories, take that, Chris Allen, Loch Ness Monster. I feel like that's a way for, uh, you know, are you getting advertisements about things that you're dreaming about? Is that how that's working? <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be incredible. I wouldn't even be mad. That would just be impressive. Like, really impressed, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If they came up with an app that wrote down your, your dream so you oh, could read my, it. I would be unemployed. You can have all my information. <laughs> that, I don't <laughs> oh, care. man. I actually do the same thing with my with my Garmin, but I like what you're talking about with this app because you don't have to wear something, you know, yeah, to you bed just, or put you something put on your pillow. Your yeah, that's pretty convenient. I might have to check that out. All right, I'm super intrigued by by yours, Chase. Your recommend? Yeah. Uh, so 
I'm pretty proud that this is my first one because it's one of my favorite shows. I just I've never thought to recommend it until we did the the top three places to visit. But have you guys heard of uh, Anthony Bourdain, uh, famous chef? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He has a show that he did a while back. I think it's done now. That it would come on. I think it's either Showtime or HBO. I can't remember. But um, it was called Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. And so what he would do is he would go around to these uh, these cities in the uh, in the world, and uh, he would do the premise like was exploring their food and stuff like that. So you either need to watch it if you're the kind of person that like gets hungry from what you eat in a positive way. Watch this before you go decide what you're going to eat because it'll it'll revolutionize what you're craving but uh the food's nuts he shows like the process of cooking it and stuff like that but alongside it and i think hunter you'll appreciate this is he'll go through like the culture and the history of like the uh the city sometimes even like the specifically the food like there's some places where food has such a cultural impact it's like it's nuts it'll it'll blow your mind and there's there's so many seasons and it just keeps on giving and they're all on netflix so you can binge watch to your little heart's desire that sounds really cool i have to check that out it is very very good yeah interesting i might actually check that out as well and it's really cinematic too it's not like typical you know documentary documentary style like it, it looks really good too so it's pleasing to the eye i bet you could watch an episode before you go someplace and like if you're plan a, a visit and if he's been there you can watch the episode and just make your visit that much more oh absolutely fruitful. absolutely yeah history and food together like how can you go wrong with That's that what I'm saying, seems man. like a good recipe huh? <laughs> 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 oh hey we've been all running right. too long here. yeah let me get to <laughs> let me get to my recommend and get out of this mess all right. um i don't think i've recommended this before i talk about it a lot so maybe i have but um a book that i've read that was actually recommended to me the road back to you have you guys read this book? Mm-mm. Heard about this book? No. So it's a kind of a different take. It's a very old take on the personality testing and the Enneagram. Oh, I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah I haven't the, read it, though. The Enneagram. Yeah. So basically it uh, breaks you down. Everybody's got a number, and then they have specific wings. And this book's been really good for me because it's actually helped me understand myself and uh, related to mental toughness, I've actually stopped making so many apologies for who I am uh, because I've realized that it's built in. There are certain things mm-hmm. that I fight that are built in and certain things that I'm good at they are just built in. Uh, I'm actually a number six, and uh, six have a couple of different things that they fall into. But this particular book, The Road Back to You, takes this very scientific approach to personalities and breaks it down into just life language and uh, even if you don't read the entire book, you can kind of test and figure out what number you are if you're one of those people that doesn't have a lot of time to read. I think you recommended the Enneagram well, way back when. Enneagram, yeah. Well, this if I didn't recommend this book, I should have because you can pick up some Enneagram books. Yeah, no, like, I was saying, like, I think the premise is set. Yeah, so this is the creepiest thing. By now. Yeah, so it's, um, I'm a six. Do you know what number you are? I'm a three with a four wing. Okay, but you have no idea what that means yet? I do. Yeah, so I would just definitely... What is, what is a three... Anyway, we'll talk about this when we stop the okay. episode. But that's my recommend. So again, the name of the book is The Road Back to You, and it is Ian Morgan Cron. God just sounds smart, doesn't he? Yeah, he sounds he, uh, also harsh, maybe angry. No, he's definitely not angry. He's very <laughs> very considerate as he tells you what all your life problems are based on. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up another episode for us, but pretty incredible thinking about all the stuff we've talked about today, and I'm going to take a lot of stuff into life as we wrap this episode up. And as as always, we want to wrap up by asking you, as part of our faithful listening audience, to give us a great rating so that more people can find us uh, on iTunes specifically and reach out and recommend this podcast to somebody you think will enjoy it. And until we see you next time, we'll see you next time.
Bye.